Amen. Thank you, Donna. Our scripture comes from the Apostle John's great vision that he has in Revelation. This is an absolutely exciting verse. This is an amazing verse. In fact, as it's read, it should get your blood pumping. Uh, But in fact, as the scripture was being read, I, I noticed that some of you weren't ready for it. For you just sat there like nothing important was being read. No one jumped up and cried amen. So we're, we're going to try again here. Because, are you ready? I hope you're ready. Because, can I get an amen? amen. All right, there we go. I love it. I, I know some of you don't like the book of Revelation. I understand. It can be confusing. Some of you are afraid of it. But let me remind you of the purpose of the book of Revelation, of the vision that we have. It, it, it was written to give hope for the future, to remind us of the promise of the future. It is the culmination of our whole Bible. And, and these words that were just read, wow, they are amazing. Church, listen up. This is our hope. This is our future. This is the promise that Jesus has given us. Are you ready? Here it goes. After this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. We have just been given a glimpse into the eternal. The promise of our hope for the future. The purpose of this vision that we have been given is to show us the blessings that we have been promised for the future. That's the purpose of this vision. And and we get to peek in and see it. That's what this is about. Now, maybe some of you still aren't getting it. Anyone ever watched the Super Bowl before? Yeah? Anybody? Yeah. So right after the game is played, what happens? Right? There's a, there's a big celebration. The, the crowd goes crazy. The, the players are shouting and excited. The party starts. There's confetti and balloons and fireworks. I tried to find a Cowboys picture, but I couldn't find one. Of, <laughs> but uh, I know it's, te- it's terrible. But, but, but that's what I want you to think about when we, when we read the scripture from Revelation. Because this is the promise This is the big event. This is the celebration that's taking place. That's what this vision is about. We are anticipating what is to come. It's exciting. It's thrilling. It's amazing. It makes us go, oh my goodness. There's so much packed into these verses. The vision starts with a great multitude standing before the throne and before the lamb. And of course, the lamb is the the symbol. It's a metaphor for Jesus, right? Who is often talked about as being the lamb of God who takes away our sin. The lamb of God, meaning, you know, the Jewish people would sacrifice the lambs for the forgiveness of their sin. And Jesus is the lamb that was sacrificed to take away our sins. And so there's that image. And it says a multitude is there that no one can count. That's a lot of people, right? Beyond number. Where have we heard this before? Where? 
Genesis, right? In the beginning, in the beginning of our Bible, what way back in Genesis, God called a man. Remember his name? Abraham. There you go. I love it. And, and, and what did God tell Abraham? He said, look to the sky. You see the stars? Count them. And he said, go to the seashore. You see the sand on the beach? Count them. He says, that's how many will be your descendants because I've called you into covenant with me. That's the promise that God gave to Abraham way back in Genesis. Your descendants will be uncountable. Many of you in the room, we are, we are part of that descendants. Those are the people that will be a part of the covenant that, that God is making. Isn't that amazing? We see the promises of God given all the way back in Genesis being revealed here in Revelation. We get to see the outcome of that, this great multitude. God had promised Abraham that he was going to bless him. In fact, he says, you are blessed to be a blessing. So we see this promise of blessing in Genesis being fulfilled in Revelation. We get to peek behind the curtain and see the future that is to come. But not only is this multitude so big we cannot count them, but it says there is a universality to the crowd as well. Now, we see this because in Revelation, there's all these numbers that John's throwing out, and they can get confusing. But for the Hebrew people and for this type of literature, numbers are symbols, right? And they are symbolic in what they are. And so we see there are four different divisions of people that are there, a part of the multitude. It says they're from every nation, from every tribe, from every people and language. Four. The number four, this fourfold division echoes this idea that it comes from the four corners of the world, as they would say, or from the four winds that blow from the four corners. So everyone is going to be from everybody. Representation. This universal idea. And the great multitude, not dressed in black like me, but in a white robe, Later on in that chapter, in chapter 7, if you go back and read it, you'll see that those robes were made clean by the blood of Jesus. Blood that doesn't stain, but blood that washes clean. And what an incredible imagery that is as well, right? Because again, the lamb that is sacrificed his blood was placed in, uh, in Passover of the doorposts of the, of the house, in, in the temple sacrifices placed on the altar, the horns of the altar, and now that blood is placed on our hearts and it cleanses us and makes us whole. Jesus' victory and our victory comes through his sacrifice of blood. And later on in the service when we take communion, we're reminded of that again. The blood that we drink, the juice that we drink, a representation of life given to us. And then it says that the people are waving palm branches in their hands before the throne, right? Where else in the Bible do we see people waving palm branches? We see it in the Gospels, right? When, when Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, 
before, that week before he is killed on the cross, that week before he becomes that lamb that is slain, the week before he makes that sacrifice, he's riding into Jerusalem. And what did they cry out when Jesus came into the city? Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. And then the text climaxes with the, the cries of the people as they shout out as one. It says this, they cried out in a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. Let's say it together. Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. Now, I'm giving you practice here, okay? Because one day, you're going to be standing before the throne saying this. I want you to be ready. You weren't ready this morning, were you? You weren't prepared. It's okay. I'll give you grace. It's summer. But I want you to get that image. All of us in Christ, one day, will be standing before the throne, dressed in a white robe, cleansed by his blood, you might be standing near someone who's from Africa. You might be standing near someone who's from the, the jungles of the Amazon. You might be standing next to someone who lived thousands of years ago and speaks a language that hasn't been heard in centuries. But all we'll be saying, salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. So, when your team wins the Super Bowl, do you say, well, yay team, that was really good, good job, way to go. You have just seen a glimpse of eternity. Let's say it together. Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. Ah. Oh getting a little better. We are a part of the church that transcends time and space. We sometimes forget that. Yes, you might be a member of this church, First United Methodist Church, Canyon, Texas, but hear this, you are a member of the church universal. We are a people scattered throughout the earth. And throughout time, we have brothers and sisters all over the world who are connected through Jesus Christ. As John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, reminds us, the world is my parish. Parish is just a word for church. The world is my church. What amazing joy we can have because we are a part of the kingdom of God. It's more than just right here. It is around the world. It is universal. Now, most of the time, we focus on this church, this local congregation, and I think that's appropriate. This is where we build relationships. This is where we worship. This is where we serve and, and grow in Christ. This is where you might have been baptized or married. This is where your loved ones were buried. This is the place where we are called to live. 
You might have gone to Sunday school. You might be a part of a class now. You, you have relationships, and that's important. But, and we have about 900 members who call First Methodist Canyon home. But we also belong to the United Methodist Church, which is a global church. We need to remember that. We're a globe, not just the U.S., we're a global church. We have about 7 million members in the United States. And we have about 12 million members scattered across 53 different countries. Isn't that amazing? 900, 7 million, 12 million. Growing out from there, we have approximately 80 million members in the Wesleyan Methodist family from 130 different countries. Now, they're not United Methodists, but they have their roots to that Methodist Wesleyan tradition. But beyond that, we are a part of a church that encompasses Baptists, non-denominational churches, Catholics, Orthodox, and a multitude more. And beyond that, we are a part of the kingdom of God that has a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language. All will be crying out one day, salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And I want you to realize that God is moving. He is always moving. He is always drawing more and more people unto himself. That God is transforming lives even as I speak. The Spirit of God is working in our hearts. Now you might be thinking, I haven't seen God move in my life in a long time. Well, maybe you have too narrow a focus. Maybe you've been so focused on yourself that you forgot that you are a part of a community, a church that is called to serve beyond yourself. I, you might need to expand your horizons to see where God is moving and, and join in where God is moving so that you can see God move. And I love to read stories about how God is moving around the world. Because when I read stories about how God is moving in other places, I'm reminded again that God is active. We, uh, the church has helped support Alpha Relief, which is a ministry that helps uh, take the gospel to uh, other countries and especially persecuted countries. And I read a story recently of uh, one of those pastors. This is the story of Johannes. He's a, this isn't a Methodist pastor, but he's a part of our faith, right? He is part of the kingdom. He says this, uh, he's a church planner in Islam entrenched North Africa. Last year, 2017, Johannes felt the Lord leading him to pray and fast for 21 days. One week into his fast, Johannes had a vision. Here's how he related. After one week of fasting and praying, I had a vision. In my vision, I saw a Muslim man sitting in an area which I know. This man was under heavy pressure and was struggling to escape. As I woke up, I felt that I had to go to that particular place. As I arrived, I saw the same guy whom I saw in my vision hours before. I started to talk to him. He said, did Allah send you? Johannes learned that the man's name was Hassan. Hassan was shocked to hear that Johannes came after seeing him in a vision. He presumed that Allah had sent Johannes to help him, and Hassan shared that he was a highly ranked Muslim scholar. 
but he had many questions that were not answered by Islam. Hassan was discouraged and frustrated with life and, and told Johannes that he knew eternity would be no better than life on earth. Johannes explained to Hassan that in fact it was Jesus that sent him. Jesus has the answers you seek. And Johannes encouraged him and a relationship was formed. And after weeks of questioning and discussion, Hassan gave his heart to the Lord and he is now being discipled in the underground local church which Johannes planted. How cool is that? There are hundreds of stories of Muslims coming to Christ because of visions. Because they don't have the Bible there. So God has to move some way. But I remind you that God moves. But you know, by far one of the most compelling reasons that most Muslims turn to Jesus is the power of love of other followers of Christ. I, there was one Jordanian believer attributes his conversion to the unconditional love and aura of peace and contentment that he saw in his Christian friends. An Arab immigrant in France described the friendliness of her Christian acquaintance. They says, she said that radiated the beauty of Jesus. See, that's our calling, to be the church. God is moving throughout the world. Here's the cool part. We're a part of that movement. You and I are a part of that church's global DNA. We have been called to be a blessing, to bless people in the name of Jesus as well. We do that in the way we serve and love. Many of you will be helping this week with iHeart Canyon. It is a part of being a blessing. Some of you helped with Camp Nova. Many of you adopt a staff member of the intermediate school here in Canyon and pray for them and support them. Many of you do other things as well. That is part of our calling as a church. These acts of service and mercy are, are building up the kingdom of God. And, and that to me is exciting. That is what makes being a part of the global church, such a blessing. So let's go back to the vision in Revelation for a moment. I remind you again of the purpose, to see the blessings that we will experience in the future. We get to see the end of the story before we experience it. We get a taste of what is coming, and it is good. But we live in, a, in the now of being a community of faith, transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit that glorifies God in worship, that grows in likeness of Jesus, that gives our lives in love of Jesus. What a blessing. What an absolute blessing that God has given us. Let us pray. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you for the, the blessing of being a part of your kingdom, of being a part of your church universal around the world and of being a part of this church, First Methodist, here in Canyon. Help us to have eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that love as you love. Help us to see the ways that you're moving in grace and in holiness. We pray in your holy name. Amen.